So in Amos chapter 5, verse 4, For thus saith the Lord unto the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. I want to I focus on that at the end of verse 4. The Lord says, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. You know, uh, Jeremy came in, and it's good to see Brother Jeremy here, and uh, he, he brought his son with him, and he brings his son up to uh, work all the time before he clocks out at the end of the day. And man, I pick on that boy all the time. I mean, that boy comes up, and he'll have a, he'll have a Batman shirt on, and I'll tell him it's a Batgirl shirt, you know. Just whatever I can do to pick on that boy. And he brought him in, and the, he saw me in here, and his son pointed his finger at me and goes, What's he doing here? <laughs> What's he doing here? See, that stuff catches up with you. No matter where you go, it catches up with you. You can't, you can't be bad. You know, the, the, those kids, they know the truth. What's he doing here? <laughs> yeah. What's he doing here? The Lord says, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. Are you seeking the Lord? I got a question for you this morning. Are you seeking the Lord? Everybody wants to live. If you ask anybody what they want in life, when the, the very top of the list, you got to have it on top of the list. If you want to do anything in life, is to live. And the Lord says, if you'll seek me, ye shall live. Can you say you have an abundant life? Jesus Christ promises an abundant life. And if you'll seek the Lord with all your heart, you will live. You will have an abundant life. Let me ask you another question this morning. What were you seeking yesterday? On Saturday, what were you seeking yesterday? Were you seeking money? Were you seeking pleasure? Were you, what, were you seeking drugs, alcohol, sex? What, what were you seeking in life yesterday? What were you seeking in life a week ago? The Lord says this morning, listen, seek ye me and ye shall live. Starting today, you can start seeking the Lord and you shall live. Seek Him with all your heart. Look at verse 5. But, but the Lord says, but seek not Bethel. Here's some things you shouldn't be seeking. Seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgal, and pass not to Beersheba. For Gilgal shall surely go into captivity, and Bethel shall come to naught. So the first thing he says, here's some things you shouldn't be seeking. Don't be seeking Bethel. What's Bethel? Bethel is the house of God. So God says, if you're seeking me, you're not supposed to be seeking me at the church building. <laughs> don't be going to the house of God seeking me. You don't seek God in a building. This is just a building, amen? This is just a building. This just happens to be where we gather together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. If, if the U.S. government comes in here and shuts down all the churches, and I think there's coming a time in America that probably will happen, he shuts down all the churches, well, we'll start meet, meeting in somebody's home, or we'll start meeting under an oak tree, like our brothers and sisters over in China that have to have underground churches. Well, wherever they're meeting, that's the church. Not the church building. So, uh, if, if you, you, and what I'm saying to you is this: is there's some pl- people like the Catholics are real bad about this. They think they have to go to some kind of church that's basically like a temple, and they got to go to this temple area, and the church has got to be real ornate. The church has got to have all this gold all over it. The church has got to have these images. And God says, "You don't seek me there. You seek me with your heart." So seek not, but seek not Bethel, not the house of God. So you don't want to seek God in a church building. It's all about, there's nothing special about this church building. What's special about this building is it's the people in the building. And uh, if the church, people in the building aren't special, well, this building's not going to be special. The only thing special about this building is we have sanctified it to, to glorify Jesus Christ out of it. 
So we tend to try to pray in this building. There's a lot of preaching in this building. So I believe this building's got some holiness to it. But that don't mean the only reason this building has holiness to it is because his people gathered together to worship and glorify Jesus Christ. There was a time this building wasn't being used that way. Amen. There was a time you walk in this building and it was dry as a, as a bone in here. There was nothing spiritual going on in here and you could feel it in here. But we've had testimony people come in over the years say, I can feel something happening in this building. Well, it's not the building. It, this building is just paint. It's just boards. It's just, it's nothingness. We're, what's special is what's in the building. Seek not God in a church building. You don't seek God in a specific location like Gilgal. Islam's real bad about it. Islam, I mean, I'm going to kick Muslims as much as I can. So if that offends you, just get ready. I had somebody uh, jump me the other day about uh, saying something about Muslims. Well, I'm going to kick Muslims as much as I can. I'm going to kick Buddhists as much as I can. And I, if it offends you, then that's just tough. <laughs> I mean, just, that's just me. Okay, but Islam, Muslims, they have a tendency to put a big importance on special sites, on Mecca. And by the millions, they all go to Mecca. God's not there. God's not there. You know where God's at right now? He's in your heart this morning. If you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, seek ye me. Seek you me. But seek not Bethel, nor enter into Gilgad. Pass not to Beersheba. You don't want to seek for God in a church building. You don't want to seek for God in a specific lo- uh, location. You don't want to seek for God in an organization. Amen. What do you mean by that, Brother King? You don't want to seek for God just because it says Baptist. You don't want to seek for God just because it says Southern Baptist or it says Jehovah's Witness or it says Latter-day Saints or whatever organization you can think of. God's not in organizations. God's in people. We don't want to seek for God in those things. But you've got to ask the question, well, why should I seek God? I know I want to live, but why does God want me to seek Him? Because look at verse 6. Seek the Lord and you shall live, He says again. Seek the Lord and you shall live. Lest he break out like fire in the house of Joseph and devour it. And there be none to quench it in Bethel. Why should you seek the Lord? You seek the Lord because our Lord is a consuming fire. Okay. You got to understand this about God. Yes, you hear people quote the verse. Yes, God is love. What does that mean? The verse God is love means that God defines love. God is love. That means that God defines what love is. But also what they, what they forget is they don't want to co- turn a couple of pages over to Hebrews chapter 12 where it says, Our God is a consuming fire. <laughs> be afraid of Him. That verse says, Be ye afraid. Our God is a consuming fire. You want to seek the Lord because the Lord is a consuming fire. Look, seek the Lord. Ye shall live lest He break out like fire. You don't want God getting after you. There's nothing worse that can break out in a community than fire. You don't want God getting after you. And if God gets after you, it's like a fire getting after you. There's nowhere to escape. You're going to get burned up. And when he gets a hold of you, you can't stand it. It's going to burn you up. Our God is a consuming fire. And we should respect God for being a consuming fire. And, and should have some fear for the Lord. Amen. He's about to explain why you should be afraid of the Lord. Look at verse 7. Ye... Talking about these evildoers. Ye who turn judgment to wormwood and leave off righteousness in the earth. He says you turn judgment to wormwood. What's wormwood? Wormwood was bitterness. It's something that's very bitterness. He says you've took judgment, now it's very bitter to people. That's the way the world is. 
The world's judgment brings bitterness to righteous people. When you turn on the TV and you see how the world's judging things, it brings bitterness to me. They're not judging in righteousness. They're judging with wickedness. Yeah, they're judging with wickedness. You have somebody say, ooh, that's a man dressed like a woman. And the world says, yeah, you need to accept that. And anybody who has any kind of sense says, ooh, that's, that's nasty. That, and, and the world says, no, that's not nasty. And it's bitterness to righteous people. And God's not going to put up with that. He's not going to put up with Look, Look at verse 8. This is why you should seek the Lord. Seek Him, the Lord, that maketh the seven stars in Orion. What does the Lord say? He says, seek Him that maketh the seven stars in Orion. When you walk outside at night, and I love to do this, and you look up at the stars that are up in heaven, it brings awe to me. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in awe when I look at... I'm a, that's what brought me to God, honestly, in the very... As a, as a young teenager, I started going outside and I would look up at the stars and I would say, man, I just feel like a little ant. Look how beautiful that is. Look how vast that is. And God wants to remind you, I created that. Amen. God this morning wants to say, I want you to know when you look up at the stars and you're all inspired at the stars, I want you to know that I created that. Amen. You know what, God, what else God wants you to know this morning is simply this. I not only created those beautiful stars, I created you. He created each and one of you. That's the same God that created those beautiful stars. That's the God that created you. Seek him that maketh the seven stars in Orion, and turneth the shadow of death into the morning, and make the day dark with night, and calleth for the waters of the sea, and poureth them out upon the face of the earth. The Lord is his name. You know who's doing all that? It says... There's somebody who's making all the waters evaporate, go up in, the, up in the sky, come up as clouds, and rain back down on the earth. There's somebody in control of all this, and his name is the Lord. Amen. He's not only the one that created the stars and created Orion and created all the beautiful galaxies. He's also the one that's running things in the world. The, the world is run. You understand the world is run by somebody? Uh, see, the scientists want you to believe that it is boom, bang, it happened. <laughs> And everything just flew out, and everything's in perfect symmetry. Just happened to be in perfect symmetry. Everything's working together, perfectly working together. The bees got to have the plants, and the plants have to have the bees, and the sun's got to be at a certain degree, and all this stuff's working perfectly. It just happened to happen that way. That's what an evolutionist wants you to believe, because they want to get away with, get, get, get God out of their lives. But God says it don't work that way. I'm the one that created all this stuff, and I'm the one that's running everything. The one that's in charge of running all this earth, you know what else he wants you to know? He's in charge of running you. He says, I'm making the water to come out. I make it go up in the sky. I make it come down. I make it rain again. I'm the one that makes the bee know where to go get the honey out of the plant and make the plant know the sun needs this. God says, I'm the one that's doing all that. God also wants you to know, I'm the one that's making your heart beat in your chest. I'm the one that's allowing you to... Take that breath. I'm the one that's telling your body to beat that heart without you having to think about it. Amen. Man, people are just stupid. They don't think, you know, it's like they don't, they don't ever realize that, you know, God's put something in you that makes, that tells your heart to go boom, boom, You don't have to think about it. Not, none of us in here this morning probably has ta- thought one second about taking a breath. And we took breaths. We, our hearts beat. Can you imagine just think about it if we had to control what we were doing in our body. Okay, heart beat, 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 breathe, 
beat, 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 breathe. That, that's, God's took all that away from you. You don't have to do any of that. God says, I'm in charge of that. And he can make it stop. And I know some people that they, they were living the dream. They were on cloud nine, looked as healthy as anybody. Man, they looked so healthy. Doctor gave them a clean bill of health. They're walking along and God says, not today, dude. And they just fell over dead. God says, I'm in charge of that. That's why you should be seeking me. Don't be seeking this other stuff. Seek me. Seek him that make the seven stars in Orion. Look, look at this in verse 8. And turneth the shadow of death into the morning. You know what the Lord just said right there? He can make a bad day good. He can turn the shadow of death into the morning. He can make a bad day good. If you're having a bad day, the Lord can make it good. And man, I tell you what, the Lord's been good to me like that. There's been, I've had some really bad days in my life, and I pray to the Lord. I cry out to Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm, and you know what? I get off of prayer, and I might have tears running down my cheek, but I feel good. And he's made the shadow of death. I felt like this cloud was just hanging over me, this dark cloud. And then whenever I prayed to the Lord Jesus Christ, the sunshine broke through that cloud. And I said, you know what? I think everything's going to be all right. He makes a bad day good. Amen. Amen. He can make a bad day good. That's how, what kind of control he has over your life. And he turneth the shadow of death into the morning. But notice what it says next. And he maketh the, dark, the day dark with night. There's two sides to every corn. God is love, but also God's a consuming fire. God can take a bad day and turn it good, but God can take a good day and turn it bad. Yeah. Now you know why you need to have a healthy respect for the Lord God. He can make your good day turn bad just like that. That's why you should be seeking the Lord. And not be seeking these other things you might have been seeking for yesterday and you're thinking about seeking for. The very first thing you need to seek is the Lord with all your heart. Amen. Then you can seek for money. You can seek for taking care of yourself. You can seek for some of these pleasures in life. God's not saying, I don't want you to have money. God's not saying, I don't want you to have pleasures in life. God's saying, what you need to seek first, though, is you need to seek me. Amen. Seek the Lord and then you can enjoy the pleasures of life. Then you can enjoy trying to make some money. But first, you need to seek the Lord with all your heart. Because he's the one you're going to answer to. He's the one that's in control of everything. He can make a bad day good, or he can make a good day bad. Verse 9, that strengtheneth the spoiled against the strong, so that the spoiled shall come against the fortress. He can make a poor man rich. He can make somebody who doesn't have very much intelligence. He can make him really smart. He's that kind of God. He strengtheneth the spoiled against the strong. Verse 10, they hate him. That rebuketh in the gate, they abhor him that speaketh uprightly. You know what? You know what people hate? They hate somebody who stands on the street and tells it like it is. Amen. They hate the street preachers. They hate for you Christians to be telling the truth like it is. Amen. They don't mind you telling the truth right here, guys. It's okay. The devil's okay with us coming into this building and having our little church service. The devil's perfectly fine with that. The devil says, glory to God that you would do that. The devil praises God that you stay right here. But when the devil gets mad and when the world gets really mad is when you take it out those doors. Amen. They don't like that. And I've had people tell me that. You need to keep the church and you need to keep that stuff in church. 
You need to keep that stuff to yourself. That stuff belongs in church. You don't understand me because everywhere I go, I am the church. <laughs> this is just a building. You need to keep that Jesus stuff in the church. You don't understand. Everywhere I go, I am Jesus. <laughs> and I've got to tell the truth. I've got to tell it at church. I've got to tell it at my house. I've got to tell it at work. I've got to tell it on the street at Walmart, wherever I'm at. I've got to tell the truth. Amen. And they hate that. They hate him that rebuketh in the gate. Poor old Amos. You've got to understand Amos. Amos was one of us, guys. He was a rancher. He said he was a herdsman. He's just an old country boy. This old country boy is raising his sheep, and God says, I want you to go out there, and I want you to go into the gate, and I want you to say, Thus saith the Lord. And that's what you're reading right here. And poor old Amos is so, some uneducated rancher that feeds the sheep. He doesn't want to do this. And this old country boy shows up, probably has boots on, has a cowboy hat on, shows up and he says, Hey guys, God says this, you better repent. You better start seeking Him. And he says, they hate Him that rebuketh in the gate. The people don't, when we go out holding up our signs at the courthouse, y'all seen what some of those people do? Yeah, we get some honks and some waves, but we get some waves with the middle finger too, don't we? Yep. Yeah, yeah I've, had them, I've had them out there, I'm just out there just... Preaching Jesus Christ, not saying any, I'm not, I don't ever say anything about homosexuality. And I've had a lady drive by and she has her arm out the window, she's hanging out the car. Lesbians will go to heaven, lesbians, you know, just screaming out something about lesbians. I'm like, I didn't say nothing about lesbians. God's convicting her. She hates me. You're a jack blankety blank. They've called me everything you can think of. They hate him that rebuketh in the gate. Recently in Pennsylvania, these two teens, these two teenagers, they stood on the corner outside of a school, and they st- it was a public sidewalk. They stood on the c- street corner. It's on a sidewalk, and they had signs speaking against abortion. And the kids were leaving the school, and they would leave the school, and they would drive out. Well, they were videotaping it. And you can watch this video on YouTube. And you see the video, and here comes this principal. Here he comes, an assistant principal of the school. He comes down there. And this is what he says. At the beginning of the interaction between the siblings and this guy's name is Ruff. This assistant principal's name is Ruff. They tell the administrator they're simply trying to expose the Holocaust that's happening in America. They say, hey, he goes, what are you doing? He goes, we're just trying to expose the Holocaust in America, which is abortion. What they're saying is abortion. And his response is, there's no Holocaust happening in America. And then the, the teenager boy says, well, these unborn children are the people that are being murdered. These are image bearers of God. That's what this teenage boy tells his assistant principal. This is the assistant principal's reply. Now, guys, I've seen this on video. And if you want if you get with me and I'll email this to you, it's on a video. There's no way to deny that this is what this assistant principal said. He said, you can go to hell where they are too. He turned right to these two teenagers and said, you can go to hell. That's where they are too. He said, they are not children, they are simply cells. So then, when Haynes told Ruff that he needed to turn to Jesus, which is what that teenage boy said, this is what Ruff replied. He said, listen here, son, I'm as gay as the day is long and twice as sunny. That's what he said. This teenage boy says, you need to turn to Jesus Christ. He says, listen here, son, I'm as gay as the day is long and twice. I've, I've, I've seen it on the video. I'm as gay as the day is long and twice as sunny. This is what he yelled out. I don't give a F 
And he didn't say F. He said the four-letter word. I don't give an F what Jesus tells me and what I should do and should not be doing. This is how an assistant principal is talking to two teenage kids on a public sidewalk. Do you think he hates them that rebuketh in the gate? Amen, Amen he does. Just because, this is what he said to the kids, just because you choose to believe a book, just because you choose to believe a book of fiction doesn't mean I have to. Prove it to me with science. You believe it does not make it true. You and Trump can go to hell. That's what he was telling. This is is not just some person walking off the street. This is an assistant principal at a school district speaking like this. As he continued to block off the protesters, and what he did is he kept, this guy, this principal, he turned around, this assistant principal, and he starts screaming. He just, I'm going to start singing. And he starts trying to get in front of these teenagers, and this old man shows up. And I don't know where this old man comes from. He's probably, I say old man, y'all excuse me, he's probably in his 60s. That's pretty young, isn't it? Yeah. Amen, y'all say, that's a young guy. Yeah. He's in his 60s. He shows up and he gets right into gay principal's face and he says, what's your problem? You, these kids, are, they have a right to do what they're doing. What's your problem? And he gets right in that guy's face. So there's still some people out there that love the Lord. You know. But that principal wouldn't say nothing back. Now, considering that Haynes was on, that the teenagers were on a public sidewalk, the school district agreed in the settlement that Ruff violated their free speech rights, they were sued. The school district was sued. The teenagers won. This assistant principal, he had to give his resignation and he lost his job. And you you know what the superintendent of the school district said? He said, we have a freedom of speech here. They have a right to stand on a sidewalk and do what they're doing. Guys, we have a right to stand on the courthouse at City of the, uh, in Hamilton and hold our signs up and preach what we want to preach. We're still living in a free country. Praise the Lord. They can hate our guts for it, but we should be doing it. Amen. And just because they, they hateth him that rebuke, rebuketh in the gate, who cares if they're offended? They hate him that rebuketh in the gate and they abhor him that speaketh uprightly. For as much, therefore, verse 11, for as much, therefore, as their trading is upon the poor and you take from him burdens of wheat, you have built houses of home stone, but you shall not dwell in them. He said, you're taking from the poor. You're, you're the rich people are stealing from the poor. He says, you're building all these houses, which are real expensive houses. But God says, you shall not dwell in them. You have planted pleasant vineyards, but you shall not drink wine of them. God says, yeah, you're building these houses, these real expensive houses. God says, but you're not going to live in them. I'm going to make sure of that. And these people are getting richer and richer off the poor people. And you can see in America, people are getting richer and richer. And the poor people are getting poorer and poorer. And God says, I'm not going to put up with this. You're stealing from the rich. And I'm going to come in. I'm going to make sure you don't dwell in those houses. How can God do that? Well, God controls your very life. And like I said, you might wake up one day and you might find out you have cancer. Or you might wake up one day and God says, have a heart attack. God can do whatever he wants to do. Listen to me. You think you're having a sunny day? On your yacht, God can make a, bad, a good day go bad. Amen. We just read that. We've established that. That's why you should seek the Lord. Verse 12. For I know, the Lord says, For I know your manifold, manifold transgressions and your mighty sins. They afflict the just. They take a bribe. They turn aside the poor and the gate from their right. The Lord says, I know what you're doing. Let me tell you something this morning, guys. 
Your husband might not know, your wife might not know, your best friend might not know, but God knows. And the Bible says right there, God says, I know your manifold transgressions. God says, I know what you're doing. That's why you should seek the Lord. Because see, the Lord knows all of this, but he still wants you to seek him. The Lord knows how wicked you can be, but he still wants you to come. The Lord knows you're a sinner, but he still wants you to come. See, Jesus, that's what makes the Lord and Jesus Christ, that's what makes him so wonderful, is that even at, the, the Lord don't want you coming as a righteous person. The Lord don't want you coming, cleaning yourself up. The Lord wants you coming just like you are as a sinner, as a rotten, dirty sinner. That's just like he wants you. Because you know what? You're a dirty, rotten sinner no matter who you are. <laughs> See, that's the truth. It, it, but you need to realize that you are. Because so many people say, well, I'm not that bad. I'm a pretty good old boy. And God says, I know your manifold transgressions. Don't kid me. I know. And just because you got everybody else full in the world, you dressed up, cleaned up, you think everybody thinks, nobody knows what you're doing. The Lord says, I know. But I also know what Kigan's doing too. And I also know what Brother Alvin's doing. I also know what Brother Raymond's doing. I also know what Brother Wade, I know what they're doing too. They need to be seeking me though. Just like you need to be seeking me. See, God's not saying, hey, you're good and they're bad. He's saying everybody's bad. You need to come to me. Seek me. Seek me. For I know. Verse 13. Therefore, the prudent shall keep silence in that time, for it is an evil time. The prudent. That's the people that are, that are uh, they're very cautious. That's what's going on in America today. You got what's going on like in Virginia. We have all these crazy people showing up and they're fighting and people are throwing stuff out. You got the KKK. All this, and then you got us Christians that just want to live the right kind of life. We got to keep silent. Where's our voice at? We just want the truth. We don't have a voice. God has no voice. You're God's voice. See? That's why you need to be out in the gate rebuking. That's why you need to be at work wherever you're at and saying, hey, the truth is Jesus Christ loves you. That's wrong. That's evil. You need to be calling evil, evil. And you need to be calling good, good. Look at verse 14. Seek good and not evil. See, when you're seeking the Lord, you're seeking good. You're not seeking the evil. What's going on, though, Brother King? What's going on in America, guys? And this is what's so disturbing to me. As it's in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, this is what it says. Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. They put darkness for light and light for darkness. They put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. What you have going on in America is simply this. They're calling what's good evil, and they're calling what's evil good. That scares me. Because God says, seek good and not evil. Well, you might have somebody who's going up who doesn't have the Word of God, that doesn't understand what God thinks, that doesn't understand the truth of the Word of God, and they're, they're thinking that what's good is not good. They're seeing something that's evil, and the, and the media and the world saying, see, that, that, that's good, that's good. And God's saying, that's not good, that's evil. But they're thinking they're seeking good. And the whole time, they're seeking evil. Seek good and not evil, that ye may live. And so the Lord, the God, God of hosts, shall be with you. As ye have spoken. Now, now, guys, the end of that verse says everything that's going on. Look at the end of that verse. Verse 14. As ye have spoken. It says, God, the God of hosts shall be with you as ye have spoken. There's people saying that God's with them. And he's not with them. That's what that verse says. That verse says, hey, you're saying that I'm with you, but I'm not with you. 
So people are saying, see, God wouldn't do that. God doesn't believe. God believes this way. God believes. No, God. You don't know God. And you keep, you're claiming God and you're talking about Jesus Christ and you don't know either one of them. And God says, you need to start doing right and seeking good. The God of hosts shall be with you as ye have spoken. You want him with you? You want me with you? Well, then you need to be doing this stuff. Look at verse 15. Hate the evil and love the good. What? God says there's some things you should be hating. God? God said, yeah, God said, hate the evil. Man, if you're any kind of righteous person, if you've got any kind of goodness in you, there's some things going on in the world that you should be hating. Why do you hate it, Brother Keegan? Because it will ruin my kids. See, I've got the truth. But when my kids get away from the truth and the Word of God, it's going to ruin them. And it's going to ruin your kids. It's going to ruin your grandkids. It's, it, they're out to get them. And I hate that stuff. Because it's evil. And I know it's evil. Hate the evil and love the good. And establish judgment in the gate. It may be that the Lord of God of hosts will be gracious unto the remnant of Joseph. So maybe I can show you some grace, the Lord says. Verse 16, Therefore the Lord, the God of hosts, the Lord, saith thus, Welling shall be in all the streets, and they shall say in all the highways, Alas! Alas! And they shall call the husband to mourning, and such are skillful of lamentation to welling. You know what the Lord just said? He said, in all the streets and in all the highways, there's evil coming. There's going to be judgment brought on this great nation, guys. Judgment's coming on. You can't have a nation living like we're living, and God's not going to judge us. God's going to bring judgment on this nation. You can't have it, man. You can't be living like you're living, and God not bring judgment on it. Jesus Christ says he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if he lets us get away with it. The way he judged Sodom and Gomorrah and the way we're starting to live like Sodom and Gomorrah, judgment's day is coming. And if he don't bring judgment, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. It's coming. And God says right there, he says right there, Welling shall be in all the streets. That includes in Brownwood and Hamilton, wherever you live, in all the streets. And they shall say in all the highways, the big streets, the big highways, Alas, alas, oh, oh, man, that day's coming. America's been blessed because we've been a Christian nation living with the Christian principles. And we, even had, we haven't had somebody land on this nation and attack us. Can you imagine? Since we've been a nation, we have been, we've been going all over the world fighting everybody. Be it the Germans or the J- Japanese or whoever. You can think, wherever you, but there's a day coming they're going to come to here. Amen. And they're going to attack us. And we're going to be like Britain. Britain, the sun didn't set on the empire of Britain. And what happened after World War II? It was a third-rate nation. Boom. God took care of them. They turned their back on God and His people. Amen. And as we get these more, more of these leaders we've been putting in office, they keep turning their back on Israel. They t- keep turning their back on God's people. God's going to judge us. That's my warning. Verse 17. And all the vineyards shall be wailing, for I will pass through thee, saith the Lord. And the Lord says, I'm going to be the one that passes through. The Lord says, I'm going to be one that's going to bring the welling. See, it's the Lord bringing it, passing through. Verse 18. Woe unto you that desire the day of the Lord. To what end is it for you? The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. There's people that keep saying they want to see God. There's people say, oh, I can't wait to see God. I can't wait to see God. And God says, oh, you don't want to see me. It's not going to be a pretty thing when I see you. 
See, they're waiting for the day of the Lord. Oh, I can't wait for the day of the Lord. I can't wait for God. I can't wait to see God. And God says, no, you, you, you know, let me tell you something. You don't want to see me. There's people like that. We got a country full of them. They think they're following God and following Jesus Christ. Oh, I can't wait to see Jesus. I can't wait to see God. And God says, uh-huh. You think you want to see me? Yeah, you don't want to see me. It's not going to be a good thing. What, is it, what end is it for you? The question is. The day of the Lord is darkness and not light. Hey, it's not a good day. Verse 19. Look at this one. It's as if a man did flee from a lion and a bear met him. <laughs> Can you imagine that? You're running from a lion and this great lion is trying to attack you. And you, you, your heart's beating out of your chest. And, and you look and you, oh, I, 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 I think I escaped that lion. And then, rawr, there's a bear and it eats you. Look at the next one. Or, or went into the house and leaned his hand on the wall and a serpent bit him. You, you run in from the lion and you escape the lion and the bear's there. And you run from the bear and you get in the house and you slam the door and you're like, and you put your hand on the door and a serpent goes, a rattlesnake bites you. God says that's what it's going to be like. You're running from the bad, only going to be, going to get worse. Out of the frying pan into the fire. The fires of hell. Oh, this life's so horrible. This life's so horrible. And you're not living it without Jesus Christ. It's going to get worse. You realize, you realize if you're living without Jesus Christ, this is as close to heaven as you're ever going to get. And how wicked this world is. This, this is as close to heaven as you're ever going to get. This is heaven for you. Now, Christian. You're living and you know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. This is as close to hell as you're ever going to get. Praise the Lord. Amen. This is your hell. Amen. This is your hell. If it's back pains, if it's financial pains, if it's emotional pains, this is hell. But there's a good day coming. Amen. And Jesus Christ. But this is all thanks to Jesus Christ. This reminds me that I read about this 31-year-old boy, man. He's driving on the highway. He flips his truck. His truck rolls over like I don't know how many times, six, seven, eight times. He barely escapes alive. He gets out of the truck. He's like, I'm alive. He steps up on the highway. Boom. Car runs him over and kills him. That's exactly what the Lord's talking about right there. Shall not, verse 20, shall not the day of the Lord be darkness and not light, even very dark and no brightness in it? Hmm. When the Lord comes, that's not going to be a pretty sight for a lot of people. And they think they want to see God, they don't want to see God. You see, God's going to show up as a judge. He's not going to show up as a father. See, when I see God, I'm going to get to see the, God as the father. And that's a wonderful thing to see your father. But if you don't know God like I know God through Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, you're not going to see God like you think. You're going to see God as a judge, as a consuming fire. Amen, amen. Some of y'all don't believe that. Look at verse 21. The Lord's going to strike. Maybe, the Lord, maybe this will make you believe it. I hate, the Lord says, I hate, I despise your feast days. I despise your churches. I despise your Christmases. I despise, despise your Thanksgivings. I despise your feasts. I hate them, the Lord says. You're having all these holy days. You're worshiping me. You're trying to worship me. And God says, I hate them. And I despise them. I will not smell in your solemn assemblies. 
See, I'm not, I'm not even, all this, these prayers that are supposed to be going up, he goes, I'm not even smelling them. I don't care nothing about them. Look at what he says in verse 22. Though ye offer me burnt offerings and your meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard the peace offerings of your fat beasts. You know what that verse 22 says? Verse 22 says there's somebody that's worshiping God, but God's not accepting it. You see that in verse 22? There's somebody that's worshiping God and he's not accepting it. There's churches all over this land, churches all over America. They're getting together this morning and they think they're worshiping God and God's not accepting it. They're not worshiping him in spirit and truth. There's churches full like this. Look, look. Some of y'all don't get it, but look at verse 23. Take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, for I will not hear the melody of thy vows. He said, there's somebody who's singing songs to me, but I'm not listening to them. And I can name the songs. I was, I was at this global leadership summit thing they had, and they said, there's this Christian church putting this thing on. They said, we're going to have these, these Christian singers. They're going to come up here and sing. And it was this black woman and black man. And I thought, well, this will be pretty good. No, they start singing something that had nothing to do with God, and he's rapping halfway through it, just doing some kind of rap. And I'm thinking, God's not listening to that. God's not listening when you're not glorifying Jesus Christ. God's not listening to this rock and roll trash that's not glorifying his son, Jesus Christ. If you listen to most of these Christian songs, they're glorifying you. Oh, I will worship him. I will worship him. I will be praised. Oh, God's been good to me, to me, to me, to me. I, 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 I. And you pick up our hymnals, what's it about? It's about Jesus Christ. He's the one. He's the one that bled. He's the one that died. It's about him. Worship him. And God says, take thou away from me the noise of thy songs, while I'll not hear them the melody of the vows. But this is what you need, verse 24. But let judgment run down as waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. You need to get right with the Lord. Christian, if you're in here and you're not right with the Lord, the Lord says you need to seek me, you need to get right. And it needs to be right. Right as a mighty stream. Judgment coming down as waters. Righteousness as a mighty stream. If there's anything we should be doing for the Father, it's simply this. We should be living the right kind of life. To please Him. He's been so good to us. In closing, have you offered unto me sacrifices offering in the wilderness 40 years, O house of Israel? Yeah, they did. But you have borne the tabernacle of your Moloch and Chion, your images. Those are false gods. The star of your God, which you made yourselves. See, these are false gods. You so say, you're worshiping all these false gods, and then you want to worship me. It don't work that way. God's a jealous God. He's not only a consuming fire. God is a jealous God. He doesn't want you worshiping movie stars and worshiping music stars and worshiping whatever you're worshiping work he doesn't want you worshiping that he wants you worshiping him and they were not doing it therefore I will I cause you to go into captivity beyond Damascus saith the Lord whose name is the God of hosts so he did he sent them off he destroyed them he destroyed the land of Israel that was it they were done finished but the Lord wants you to know this morning you can seek him and you can find him And you will live. You might say, Brother Keegan, how can I seek the Lord? You seek the Lord with all your heart. You say, Lord, I know you know, according to your scripture, you know my sins. 
And they're many-fold, Lord. You just said it. And Lord, I know I can't live without you. You're the creator of this universe. Therefore, that means you're the creator of me. You run this entire universe. Therefore, you must be running me. Lord, I know you can make a good day bad for me. But I also know you can make a, 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 a bad day good. And Lord, I'm having a bad day. And I want to live. And I'm going to seek you with all my heart. I'm going to seek you through Jesus Christ. Because I read in your word that Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. So I'm going to come to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the best way I know how, I'm going to ask you to save me. Lord, will you save me? The Lord says, I'll save you. That's what it's all about. It's about a repentant heart and seeking the Lord with all your heart that you may live. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me. And he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.